We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in to the pod is the roof, the official UNC basketball podcast of the field of 68. I am your host, Riley Davis, joined as always by my co-host, Jacob Karabatsis, and we are here to break down, to react to UNC's lost Kentucky in 87-83 game, lived up to the hype as far as the entertainment factor goes. We said it was going to be a high-scoring game. I said it on other podcasts. I'm sure JK posted about it as well. It's a, it, Two teams very similar in their structure, make a lot of threes, have guys who can beat you one-on-one, and struggling defenses. It was going to lend itself to an up-tempo game. That part did not disappoint. But a lot of unforced errors on UNC part, UNC's part, which led to the loss, and that, that's sort of why we're back here licking our wounds. But – JK, how did you feel watching that game play out? What were your what were your biggest takeaways? Well, for starters, out of respect and love for the UNC basketball program, I will officially not be picking them to win another big game this entire year because said we beat UConn, said we beat Kentucky. So just know when we do preview Oklahoma, I'm saying UNC loses by 10 because I'm I'm tired of putting my bad stamp on this team. But, um, I mean, God, it just – there were so many things to me. Obviously, we'll talk about it later. The play at the end of the game, it sucks when you lose like that, and that's how it happens, throwing a ball off a dude's back. But I just look at the bigger picture, and I'm like, ultimately, bro, 18 offensive rebounds allowed. You finish a negative 11 in rebounds. You turn the ball over 17 times, like – they just did so much wrong. And I guess the positive of that would be they did do so much wrong and they still ultimately had a chance to win the game. Um, Ingram missed every three-point shot he took, which was not good. Armando was pretty bad for most of the game, to say the least. And him getting in that early foul trouble, um, I just felt like... I honestly felt, as crazy as it sounds, I felt like Bradshaw was kind of like getting under his skin a little bit, which, mm-hmm. you know, Bradshaw's a freshman, Armando's the opposite of a freshman. So that's a little concerning. But, I mean, I look at it, and it, I ultimately just think it comes down to if you take care of the basketball, 
and you actually get rebounds, which that's, I know, going to be an emphasis of this episode for both of us. It's rebound, 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 because that's like, that's always been an MO of UNC basketball. And this year, they have been beaten on the glass a lot. Um, You do those things, you get out of here with a win. And it sucks. And I, I hate it too for Cadeau and Cormac because it's going to end up ultimately falling on them. And people are going to be like, bro, which one of y'all was wrong? Like, Cadeau, did you throw it early? Was Cormac not doing the right thing? Shouldn't matter. If you're losing a game off one play, you probably didn't play the best game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I think a lot will be made of that final play. Who's to blame? Who takes the fall there? Again, you you can it's it's a it falls on multiple people. You know, you can you can say Hubert shoulder some responsibility for subbing Cadeau in. At the same time, it's like when you want to get a when you want to get a bucket when you need a three to win, it makes sense to put one of your five best offensive players out there, which Cadeau easily is. You can put it on Cadeau for making the pass. You can put it on Cormac for not being more alert. But I think it, it looked pretty clear that they're trying they were trying to run some sort of double screen to get RJ free for three. And it was probably just a miscommunication. That stuff happens. You're going to have some poor execution. You're going to like, especially Cadeau, a reclass freshman, that kind of stuff is just, just part of the learning curve that comes with taking a reclass guard. And he still dramatically alters the ceiling of this team positively. And he's been a net positive pretty much. This is really the, the first game where he looked a little bit outclassed or a little, maybe not outclassed, but just overmatched, overwhelmed. Um, yeah, I have some thoughts on the ways that UNC could maybe better put him in some better better position, how I would like to see uh, him truly unleashed. But yeah, again, this is just part of the experience with having a reclass guard. Um, I'm with you. The rebounding is the, the most concerning. And the turnovers, like with some of it, after 11 games, you expect some sop- soppy play. We saw that with Kentucky as well. I think they had 13 or 14 turnovers. The only difference was, was our turnovers led to runouts. There was probably three or four runouts for for that Kentucky got easy baskets on. And I mean, I'm sure I actually didn't see how many points UNC got off of turnovers, but I know Kentucky got a a good bit more. I think we got 13 and they had 19 or 20. Okay. Yeah. So that kind of stuff can swing a game. If you're a little more crisp, I will say in the first half, you mentioned Ingram missing his three pointers. He seemed to struggle with the the length offensively in the first half. Like he had that, uh, I think RJ had a couple just like dimes to him. I think he had two, one of which was when he fell and hit his head that he just wasn't able to finish. Um, thought he played way better in the second half. Like he had a couple and ones and, and big buckets and that gorgeous assist from the post to Seth Trimble. That was, you know, similar to what we saw him do against Arkansas. Um, but just looked a little tentative with his three point shot and he's earned the respect of the coaches, the fans, the opponents. Like if, if you're open, even if he started zero for three, but like, just take the shot, you know, over four, people aren't going to kill you. Maybe if you get to over five, people are like, okay, maybe stop shooting. But yeah, I, I want to see him take the open shot. Um, but yeah, I thought he, he had a better second half, all things considered. Um, do we want to hit on RJ Davis and, and turn it a little more positively with how good he was? I do. Um, I, I hate, it's like, I hate it because it is such a positive, like this dude, I just don't see how you could be watching RJ Davis right now and say that like, he's not a first team all American. I mean, he's, he's disgusting. dude. He's absolutely gross, but the only thing I worry about, and I think the Kentucky game kind of exposed this a bit for me is 
there's going to be a point this year where people are just going to key in on RJ and they are going to make someone else score. And that's what made Kentucky challenging for us. You can't really key in on a guy because like Rob can do it. Reed can do it. Uh, DJ can do it. I mean, even Edwards did it some like mm-hmm. Antonio Reeves can do it. They have so many bucket getters. Whereas I'll look at UNC Harrison Ingram's a bucket getter. Cormac's a bucket getter. RJ's a bucket getter. I don't think anyone else in the rotation is a bucket getter. And that's what's going to worry me when we get down to the nitty gritty and people start like heavily doubling RJ to force him to give up the ball. Where's it going to come from? And that that's my biggest concern. But I mean, oh my gosh, dude, this guy, he single-handedly is the reason that UNC even had a chance to win mm-hmm. that game. Like Every shot he took in the final 10 minutes felt like it was just automatic cash, like just straight up. Might as well go ahead and put points on the board if he's taking it. But then again, Kentucky on the other end, it's like every time we made a big shot, every time we made a run, they hit a big shot too. Like Mm -hmm. the freaking hezzy reverse that Rob Dillingham hit was just like stupid. And, oh, it was just, it was tough, man. I, I hated to see it and I hate it for RJ, but at the end of the day, it's the same time. It's the same thing. Every time we talk about it, RJ is going to be elite. I mean, it looks like the dude's probably going to average 25 to 26 a game this year. I mean, and I'll be honest going into conference play. I don't really see that changing. The only team I really see him not being able to score at will against is like Virginia. (laughs) Um, So he's going to be averaging an absurd amount of points. But it's the same thing every week. It's Armando didn't have a good game. We got killed on the glass. Like, mm-hmm. it sucks. Like, where's my Armando that used to be a walk on the court with 15 rebounds? I need that guy back. I'll get to Armando in a second. I did want to say about RJ one more thing. Uh, got some synergy numbers. This is, you know, not always my strong suit with advanced metrics. I try to pay attention to it, use it to to back up what my eyes see. I don't, uh, but yeah, I'm not like a metrics or die type of guy, but it's definitely something I respect. And I think analytics are important. So I did want to have this note that I got sent. Um, RJ so far, 27 points out of 17 pick and roll possessions over the last two games, including 1.7 points per possession out of pick and roll against Kentucky. Like he is just <laughs> on a different level right now when you when you set a ball screen for him and let him create. And um yeah, we can yeah, I got a I got a thought on UNC's ball screen offense that I'm gonna say for later when we talk about Cadeau. But uh with RJ Davis, I think right now he's he deserves to be mentioned with Tristan Newton, with Isaiah Stevens, with Tyler Kolick as the best guards in the country. I think those four are cut above everybody else. And Obviously, we have our biases being Carolina fans, Carolina alums. I'm rocking with RJ over all of them. There's not like not one of the well, Tristan Newton's pretty enticing because I think it's being able to do that six five is pretty special. But I'm still rocking with RJ because that's my guy. No, nah, uh, I mean, look, I think it's officially time for like the pot is the roof to go on strike and call out the field of 68 because. In the last week, I've heard so much about Isaiah Stevens, which he deserves it. He's been absolutely phenomenal. You know, yesterday I hear Braden Smith is in the conversation for best point guard in the country. 
I might be in the conversation for best point guard in the country if I had the defense focusing on Zach Eady. I'd just be out there chilling. Um, I haven't heard the RJ respect once. Like I've yeah, heard him say he's good, but like I need to I need to hop on an after dark and hear some like <laughs> RJ might be the best point guard in the country talk. I'm with you. I think he it, for ACC Player of the Year. It's it's as of right now it looks like a three man race between him, Filipowski, and PJ Hall, and I think it's going to be whichever of those three teams wins the league uh, or finishes highest in the league. I I think one. Well, I don't know. Duke still has a lot to prove in my mind, um, but I. I think it'd be foolish to say it's not going to be one of those three teams to win the ACC this year. Um, but yeah, so love RJ and I hate that we had to squander a 27 point game where he just went nuts in the second half. Um, Man, but it's, I, it's like, I just have to, it sucks, but I also have to give props to Kentucky because it's like Dillingham and, and um, Bradshaw go to the line, both freshmen, they both miss one, but like a lot of freshmen in that situation might crumble and miss two. They, they, I mean, Cal just has these freshmen playing at an absurdly high level. And usually it takes a Kentucky team till late January to be playing with that cohesion. This team's a little different, man. I also think this Kentucky team is very special. Like, this isn't a loss I'm looking back on. Like, Man, I can't believe we lost to that Kentucky team. No, right. this is a loss where like we lost to a team that's probably going to be top ten the rest of the year. Um, yep. we lost a close game. Um, to me, I wasn't there, but watching the game, it felt like a more Kentucky leaning crowd. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not too concerned. I'm not too concerned about this one. I still think UNC is is really good and mm-hmm. I think they're not even close to their ceiling because I think there's so many little kinks that they can figure out and get even better at and that's why I want to bring this back to you because I mean at what point does Hubert kind of do with what your tweet from earlier today was talking about which is at some point we have to realize that when it's Jalen Washington and Jalen Withers in the game we're getting killed on the glass so when is when are Zayden and Akunkwo going to get to come in and, and try to do their thing? Yeah, I think the the rebounding is the the biggest issue by far. Like even aside from the turnovers, if you I, you think about some of the biggest plays of the game, of course you had uh, R.J. Davis cuts the lead eighty one eighty three um, goes one for two at the free throw line, which again I think what were his he's made forty one free throws in a row. He's like, shooting like ninety five percent. Yeah, it's okay know, if he missed miss. one, R.J. Um, but yeah, they get Aaron Bradshaw to the line on the one-on-one and he misses the front end and Cormac Ryan and Jalen Withers run into each other and can't get the board. Um, and then you have the same issue with, I think it's that same possession where Trey Mitchell, um, shoots the corner three as a shot clock expiring. Aaron Bradshaw gets the board. There's no one around him other than RJ Davis. Um, I even think about earlier after UNC went up, they took the, the lead 72, 71, and I'm pretty like pretty sure it was Dillingham. It might have been Wagner who got to the bucket and the sh- shot rolls out. Armando gets boxed out by Aaron Bradshaw, who gets the board and scores on a putback. Like this is something that has to be fixed immediately. And I don't know if it's just a a, a roster limitation with Withers doesn't have the best hands. Um, Ingram can get on the glass, but against 
bigger, more athletic teams. He's going to struggle a little bit. Like that's where I I, I really want to see Oconquo get some backup five minutes. Like I know he's raw, but at the same time, like he's the he's the only guy on the roster who was who played in the NCAA tournament last year. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. And I know. Yeah, and <laughs> you're, you're right. I'm looking at the game cast. 
Rob missed the layup, Bradshaw offensive rebound, Bradshaw bucket. And then that sequence where it was 83-81, Aaron Bradshaw missed the free throw. Reeves got the offensive rebound. DJ Wagner had his layup blocked by Harrison Ingram. Goes out of bounds. Trey Mitchell shoots the three. Aaron Bradshaw gets the rebound. RJ has to foul him. He makes both. You could have had the you could have had the ball with possession, two point game. Instead, it's a and swing. The best guard on the court. Yeah. Instead, it. it's a swing. Best guard on the court. Instead, it's a swing, and now you're down 85-81 because. And I get it, like, but that's like in that situation, they tried to switch everything off the inbound, and that you know Kentucky ran like your typical stack and then they split and the switches were there you literally cannot you know that if a shot's going up from that corner they're gonna have Bradshaw on the other side like you guys have to communicate better and realize that Armando has to be over there at all costs like I'll be honest he had three seconds on the shot clock if Trey Mitchell shoots that fading corner three uncontested I'm still perfectly fine with that because he's not hitting that shot mm-hmm. like i understand contesting the shooter but armando like he has to be there because then you know we're not even just talking to swing we're talking every player from kentucky was in the corner if armando gets that ball it's a leak out it's mm-hmm. either an and one or probably a foul in transition then tie game or you take the lead, and then you're putting even more pressure on those freshmen from Kentucky to do something. It just it sucks, man. Like you, losing the game on those little little nuances of simple simple stuff, it hurts more than anything. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you in the sense that like there's no shame in losing to this Kentucky team. I, I think like the the roster is really well constructed to where you have. Um, I mean, Cal is getting the most out of his freshmen. It's it's like old an old school Cal performance. This is what he did throughout the 2010s, but he also has veterans like Trey Mitchell and Antonio Reeves, who might not even be the best five in crunch time um, because Reed Shepard is that good. He could take Reeves' spot, and Thierro can play 15 minutes a game and close games and not need the ball and just play unbelievably hard and go for blocks and just change the game with his athleticism. And I know he's a sophomore, but that's a veteran to a lot of these guys. Like it's such a well-constructed roster that's being maximized right now. So yeah, in a vacuum, it's like, yeah, there's, there's no shame in losing, losing to Kentucky at the same time. I see your angst as you're, you know, rehashing this mine, my angst that I felt this morning where it's like from a fan perspective, again, this would be from our like bias perspective and less like, college basketball media more like from the fan perspective um it just feels like unc has put itself in position to win these big games over the past four or five years and more often to not more often than not they they can't close it out and that's where it's like man it's it's just it's these little minor tweaks or it's just a little more attention to detail here or a little more motor here just being more alert like leaving it all out to grab, grab a rebound or probably some technique, you know, I, I don't claim to be a coach or know what, what has to be done there, but yeah, like any of these little things you clean up. Um, Cause again, you look at Harrison Ingram missing uncontested threes or Cormac Ryan missing an uncontested three Kentucky missed the same two. Like that's going to happen. There's shot variance, but rebounding feels more like something you can control. Um, playing better help side defense feels like something you can control. 
Uh, I think a lot of that, you know, would fall on Armando and something that media has loved about Armando, something about fans have loved about Armando is how honest he is. And I'm sure he would say the same in, in a post-game press conference that he has to be better. He's acknowledged that earlier this year. He acknowledged it after the Tennessee game that he had had sleepless nights after his performances in Atlantis because he knew he's so much more capable than that. Um, and I don't know what needs to happen if, you know, we just got to like, it seems like maybe the the offense needs to get him more involved early. At the same time, I thought some turnovers in the first half happened from like forcing it to Armando. Like Cormac had a couple t- turnovers that where he was just trying to force it down low to Armando. Um, but I would love to see Armando shine in that garbage man mentality, the, the self-proclaimed garbage man mentality that he, he mentioned that either last year or two years ago, where he's going to grab every loose rebound and he's going to like, he's been a, I, I will always defend him as a as a good defender. And I thought his help side defense last night, like on some of those layups, like it, it those they weren't on RJ Davis. Like I know RJ gets cast as his defensive liability, but he played good enough to force a contested shot. Like you gotta have a help defender being willing to alter shots at the basket there. And that's where again I'm like, I think it falls on Baycott. You don't want to put blame on one person, but at the same time, acknowledging where, you know, he's one of our, he's, he's the preseason all American and you want to see him play a little bit better. Yeah. He, um, the thing I've noticed this year, he, in years past, like you said, he did the little things. He fought for loose balls. So, so it wasn't like he did, the game was coming to him. Everything just looks forced this year. It looks like he feels like he has to be the guy this year instead of just being what he has been, which makes him the guy. And he's changing his philosophy. Like sometimes when he gets it in the post, it's like the the right decision is not made at all. He either takes a really bad contested shot. <clears throat> he misses a guy because they hedge or double and that's the little stuff you got to clean up. I mean, I got faith in him to clean it up because he's been yeah, such an incredible sure. player. Um, I also agree with you. Like I meant to give a shout out to freaking the arrow because he literally made their lives hell in the paint. Like every time they thought they had a layup, it seemed like the was jumping from the bleachers and blocking a shot. So he was, he was absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, but yeah, the great. thing I hate more than anything about this and you know, we're going to talk about this game with you guys a little later in the week, but the thing I really hate is now there's so much more pressure in this Oklahoma game because you don't want to be seven and four. You'd like to be eight and three. Now it is in Charlotte, so it's literally a home game for UNC, but this Oklahoma team <clears throat> is really, really good. Um, and we've seen UNC play two really, really good teams now, and both games – the UConn game was a little different, but this one especially, they were in a position to win it, and they didn't. So UNC, you need this one. Like, you need this one for a morale boost, if if not for anything. Like, you, you need – I think they need to win a game like this so that they're not going into conference play yep. talking to themselves like, oh, my God, are, are we really that good? Like, they're doubting themselves because they can't win these big ones. But, yeah, I mean – it's it sucks, man. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think historically, this feels like a, the the Oklahoma game feels like a, a game that UNC always wins. Charlotte crowd, Oklahoma ten and zero, due for a loss. Uh, they beat a lot of bubble teams so far. Don't want to downplay them. They are a really good team. Um, but it's a good. 
I would say in a vacuum, it's a good spot for Carolina, but yeah, there is a lot of pressure. Like it's last shot. Like you need a, a rock solid Q1 win. That'll go down as a neutral and we'll stay Q1 the mm-hmm. whole year. Um, so yeah, exactly. Um, before we go, and I want you to, br- I want you to come back with one when we do our Oklahoma preview, or I guess if we do an Oklahoma recap, you could do it then too, but it is officially Christmas week, which is nuts. Like we are a week out from Christmas now. Um, at the time this drops, it'll be Monday. So we will be exactly seven days away. So in light of the holiday season, I do have a surprise four corners. Um, well, Riley did something like this for Halloween, but my Zoom messed up, so you guys never got to see it. It was <laughs> it was it was unreleased footage. Okay, this time you're gonna see it. Christmas treats, mm. Riley. We are take we're drafting Christmas treats, man. Jacob, so, did you happen to watch uh, my episode with sleepers on Friday? I did not. That's the one of the it- ones I didn't watch. It's okay, but I mentioned how much I love Christmas treats at the end Dude, of the Dude, Christmas episode, treats. So. Hey, now listen, th- I'm I'm talking like specifically, do you want to keep it like specifically for the Christmas season or do you want to include like treats in general that could end up on your stocking? I would I, I say- think you got you to gotta keep it Christmas. Christmas yeah, you got to keep it Christmassy. And I will give you the first pick since I'm catching you off guard. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, first pick is easily peppermint bark. Peppermint bark oh. is a, a walking triple double, uh, <laughs> 50, 40, 90 shooting percentages. Yeah, peppermint bark is undefeated. Peppermint bark is elite. Uh, it's very, very tough to top that. Um, God, see, I, like, I wasn't going to say I'm a big lint truffle guy, and the peppermint bark lint truffles, oh my God, they hit every time. But, um, I'll step out. I'll do something a little different. I'm going to go hot cocoa with some marshmallows, man. In the Christmas season, a nice little cup of hot cocoa with some marshmallows on top. It's going to hit every time. Mm. You ever made homemade hot chocolate? Yes. Delicious. I'm telling you, um, just get some cocoa powder, some sugar, some melted chocolate chips. It's really simple. Melt it all together. It's so much better than the store-bought stuff. It is. pick. Uh, okay. So back to me, I'm going to go with a Reese's tree. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one too, man. Um, the Reese's trees. So all the variations are all the variations of Reese's, uh, shapes. None of them are misses. All of them are great. 
Um, I'm trying to think, man. I'm trying to like get deep in my bag of like what all my mom <laughs> makes and stuff like that. Like there's so many different treats. Um, number two pick for me, I'm going to go with, I'm sure you've had them before the forgotten. I think they're called forgotten kisses where you take the pretzel and the Hershey kiss with the, and, oh, oh yes, dude. Yeah, I don't know what they're called. called. But but I think I, I don't even know. But it, it's a square pretzel. You put a, a Hershey Kiss on top, and then sometimes you do an M and M on top of the Hershey Kiss. Mm-hmm. That sweet and salty combo yeah, is tough elite. to beat. It's I, I'll I'll stay with the sweet and salty combo. I think this is counted as a Christmas treat, like a Buckeye, like a little peanut butter ball dipped in oh, chocolate. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh okay. yeah, that's that's definitely my, my mom always makes those at Christmas, and they're mm-hmm. so good. My grandmother made them too. Yeah, I love Buckeyes. Um, I'm going to go classic here. I mean, it, it doesn't always blow me away, but it's just a, it's just a classic flavor, man. A night and third overall pick, give me a nice little gingerbread cookie. Mm. I, 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 I was always a big ginger snap guy growing up. I love a ginger snap, gingerbread cookie, nice and easy. I'm really disappointed. I didn't think of gingerbread cookie. I love ginger. I love gingerbread. Gingerbread so is good. so good. <laughs> All right, so this is my last pick. Oh man, what should I take? Is there anything else like peppermint? Because I I love peppermint. I love peppermint and chocolate. Um, let me mold this over. I I know I'm on the uh, I'm on the clock. Like this is a we're at the NBA uh, draft here. There's just so many like. There's so many good Christmas treats, man. I mean, we haven't even drafted like a little Debbie or anything yet. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> like a, a, a little Debbie Christmas brownie. <laughs> <laughs> those, those smacked. They um, do. Oh, man, I'm I'm struggling to think of what I want, but this last pick. It's tough, man. Gosh, now I just really want some peppermint bark. I'm not going to candy cane. That's like too much peppermint. Um, well, you ever had like those, uh, like white chocolate covered Ritz crackers? Oh my gosh. Yes. That's what I'm taking. Cause people, there's always someone from like my dad, my parents' church that like gives that to them during the Christmas season. Dude, my And mom, anytime every, I'm home, I just like go to town on some of those. Dude, every year my, my parents make the Ritz cracker sandwiches with peanut butter in the middle and then they dip them in chocolate. Oh yes. God. Oh, that's so good. It's, it's so elite. Um, my fourth pick, I'm going to go with another sweet and salty. Most of you probably know it as Muddy Buddies, but in the in the December season, we call it Reindeer Chow. And you get the mm. nice little Chex, oh, Chex Mix powdered sugar, chocolate, peanut butter. You just can't beat it. I mean, look, it's you got to get in the holiday spirit, though, man. I mean, there's just no way that I could have went without talking about the Christmas treats because Christmas has always like gained a few pounds season for me, probably more than Thanksgiving, <laughs> to be honest. I feel that man. Dang. Great four corners. Uh, good draft on both of our parts. I think all the draft gurus would give both of them an A, maybe an A minus if they're grading harsh, but I also don't know what, if there was any, if there's any uh, Christmas treat snubs, leave it in the comments. Uh, and as always like subscribe, follow, we're trying to build this channel. Uh, we're trying to build our Twitter following as well. Tell your friends to listen. I got to give a shout out to my guy, Matt Schneider, who put us on his Instagram story as his favorite podcast uh, right now on an Ask Me Anything. Um, but yeah, give the pot as a roof a follow. Keep supporting. 
two of your favorite Carolina fans. We'll be back later this week to talk Oklahoma. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.